everyone. How are you? Great. I don't know why I just asked how you are. I can't listen to your responses. Send me some more questions if you're a Patreon member because I want to answer your questions. I did a podcast by myself, as most of you know, and it was such a blast to answer questions. It's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson, and it's only $5 or $8 a month, but you can ask me questions and I'll answer them. I want to do another one by myself soon because I'm completely self-involved and I hate everyone. Okay, so how, oh God, what do I even say? I'm so concerned about stand-up comedy for many reasons. First of all, there's a lot of people that are trying to silence us, which is insane because the more people try to silence us, the crazier we're going to be. We're like animals. Um, And the other thing is, is that some clubs now are having this thing where you stand, oh my God, this is so insane, but I get it, but you stand in like a lucite box. <laughs> it just sounds funny even saying it. I did it um, a while ago when I performed with David Tell, and it was the craziest thing. Like I had lucite or plastic walls around me, and I couldn't see anyone because of the lighting. And like the plastic was dirty. It looked like it had like semen and feces all over it, which it probably did because comics are, again, we're just like, we sling stuff. We're just animals. And I don't know, it was the craziest thing. Like I am so into being connected to the audience, um, being intimate. You know, I like to make out with people in the front row and go to second with them and spoon and it's just like now there's these walls around me and it's just unreal like it separates me from the audience and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it I really don't I feel like I'm just going to go crazy and just bust through it and lose my mind and then be put in a hospital forever And that's probably when I'll really take off and be famous because it'll just, it'll go around that I'm, I've lost my mind and that's it. No, I'm really trying to do work on myself. I am. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on new medication, um, Viagra, and I am doing a lot to work on my mental health. I'm doing a lot of breathing. I'm doing this mouth breathing thing and it makes you very dry. It makes your mouth very dry. And the teacher plays incredibly loud music and then you're supposed to see things, but I don't see anything. I just, I'm very thirsty. I have to pee and I'm filled with fear the whole time it's happening, but it's supposed to be helping me. And I've even tried meditation drumming, but I can never get on the right beat. So while I'm supposed to be relaxing and feeling better about myself, I'm filled with self-hatred because I can't do it right. It's just none of it's really working. I don't know. It'll all work out. I guess it will. I'll just have to perform in a box and I will have to, I don't know. I'll have to do other self-help stuff. Maybe I should get a support animal, like a litter of dogs or someone had a peacock, right? I would walk around with a peacock. Who gives a shit anymore? If I got a support animal, I'd probably get COVID and die, and then I just would have to have a support family or something. 
I don't know what to do. Do you have any suggestions? Go on my Patreon, talk to me, or get in touch with me on social media. I'm doing a lot on Xtube right now, so just watch my videos and comment. I'm getting into a lot of crazy stuff. I don't know where that screwdriver went. All right, well, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for supporting me. You are gonna love this episode. It is absolutely hysterical. I hope you laugh a lot and I love you. Hi everyone, welcome to Relatively Sane. I am here with one of my favorite people on this earth, Brad Lokley. Brad, say hi. <laughs> hi everybody. Jessica, it looks like you're filming from an ICE detention center. Where are you? What's going on? Do you need assistance? I I am. I um. I was. I'm in a cage. Um, <laughs> I'm in a cage with. I am. I'm in a cage with live chickens, and I'm very concerned. I don't know why I'm here. We shouldn't even joke about that. Are the children still caged? Yes. Yes. Everyone's still caged. Everyone's. Jesus. Everyone's still dying. Jessica. Happy New Year. Well, uh, we're all dying. I mean, <laughs> we're all dying. I don't know. It'll get better soon. It, it really... Of course it will. Of course it will. If there's anything I know after 42 years is everything just keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> How's your disease going? Speaking of things going well. <laughs> Which one? High blood pressure, gout, ennui? Which disease would you like to discuss? Well, the gout uh, I'm very curious about. What what happens with the gout? I just like the, the name of it. You, I know. And people basically, it's it's people, it's a very misunderstood disease, Jessica. People tend <laughs> to think that you're just a big sloppy fat person when you have gout, which can be true. <laughs> which can be true. It's called the King's disease. Um, I'm surprised I don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but basically what happens is my body makes too much of this thing called uric acid. And then when it gets into my toes or my fingers and stuff like that, the acid freezes into crystal shards and stabs into the walls of my veins and my muscles. So it's like getting stabbed from the inside. I just got the chills. That is, I love that you have to <laughs> You're you're being tortured inside I, of your body, and I'm like, literally. I got the chills. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I mean, <laughs> proof that you're an empath. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's actually, I've it's been really good this year. For some reason, I've started a new medication and a new regimen. So the one thing that's gone well this year, literally, <laughs> like my whole little selfish box of the world, is that my feet have stopped exploding on a on a monthly basis? Um, what do you do? However, for that? you take what a lot of do? meds. It's very complicated. It's it's. I mean, it's kind of like no matter what I do, if I lose weight, if I gain weight, I, I'm a vegetarian. It doesn't uh. make a difference. I always have high uric acid. Some people can kind of like eat their way into it. You know, the way some right. people can like get themselves to type two diabetes because of unhealthy living where other people are just type one diabetic and they're diabetic all the time. Right. Uh, it would kind of be the equivalent. I've had high uric acid levels since I was like 16. So this is just how my terrible body functions. 
Um, so it's in your hands and feet and that's it? Not that that's not a lot. And my elbows but... and my knees. And my, so basically any, other than my neck, any part of my body that moves. <laughs> oh my God. It's not God. in my dick. I mean, at least there's oh, that. Oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> I, would, I would freak out if I had that in my dick. You would freak out if you had a dick, if you just woke up one morning and there was a big gout riddled I, dick. Yeah, I would not want a gout filled dick. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're both available be... for children's parties and bar mitzvahs. Oh, it's going to get so much worse. Um, <laughs> I, I have like to that tell you this song <laughs> that should be like a bread with gout filled stick. Gatfield Dick, I got a really big <laughs> At the Rainbow Club, performing this weekend, Gatfield Dick. <laughs> it's a Harvey Firestein cover band. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you this because you'll love it most of all. Um, I Obviously, I live in Los Angeles, and we got mm. new neighbors about six months ago, like in the middle of all this pandemic craziness. <laughs> Um, yeah. And we used to throw these huge parties at our house every weekend with porn stars and go-go boys. And we just, oh we live God. in like, our house is like the gay boy mansion. And right. so then we get um, this lovely Orthodox Jewish couple and their oh. small toddler child <laughs> who are lovely, but luckily they have yet to experience the fullness of our parties because obviously <laughs> we're not having any parties. So for nine months, we've been having conversations like how do we broach it with them that as soon as this <laughs> ends, we're going to literally be filming porn in the backyard. <laughs> like... And we're willing to do it after the kids' bedtime. Like, we're willing to work around them to avoid a, a legal matter. And beca because there's been this series of high holy days, I guess, like the last couple yeah, of Yeah, there's, there's 75 holidays. I don't right. even know what's going on. So the husband came over with, like, a gift of a honey cake from the wife and knocked <laughs> on our door to introduce himself. It's totally A honey true. cake. Literally. I was like, some kind of, you know... And I'd like he to was give like, you a honey cake. Yeah, he was delightful. But he was like, he goes, I just want to let you know we're coming up on a high holy day. So on the weekends, you're probably you're gonna hear literally, and there were literally 30, 40, 50 Jewish men, of course, no women, Orthodox, keep everybody yeah. apart. But they were doing like a full service in the backyard. And he was like, please just, you know, if it gets too much or it's annoying, we're sorry, or just give us a call <laughs> and we'll kind of take it inside or whatever. And of course, we're like, we were like, we don't care. And I said to the guy, I'm from New York. It'll actually, it was lovely. It made me feel like I was back in New York hearing like, but while he was there, we were like, so while we have you, just to throw <laughs> back out at you the idea, as soon as we get a vaccine or a real government, you're probably going to hear like some animal mating noises in the backyard. Or like, just a lot of like, yes, fierce, kind, faggot. So if you, here's our cell phone number if you just want to text us if like your Orthodox Jewish toddler daughter starts yelling sissy that walk at Shabbos. You better make sure she doesn't end up in one of this guy's assholes. She might just slip right in. No, there are a few. There's one named Armand where we have to check for the couch cushions when he leaves. What do you mean? He excretes stuff? No, he's just a mass. He's one of the most legendary bottoms in gay porn. He can he can fit just like a bundle of dicks up him. He can oh. actually take a faggot of dicks, like a bundle <laughs> of them. 
He's legendary, sweetest kid in the world. He's also like five one. So I don't even know if he like removed organs. I don't know where all the dicks go. All I know is I just see them getting thrown in there like it's a ring toss to get a goldfish. They're just. like, do you need a tissue? Because they think it's a snot and it's like a huge thing coming out of his nose. Wait, Brad. Brad. Yes. I have a couple of questions. We need to okay. answer. Well, first of all, okay. by that time, she'll probably have 11 more kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a faster brooding cycle. Yes, I didn't know yes. that or, or, people of Orthodox Jewish faith actually just yes. churn them out in like 90 days. Right. And then when you when the Jewish men were there, were they singing? I have more questions than this. But they, were they were, singing? and I thought it was lovely. I actually opened the door to mm -hmm. listen to it because I don't understand what they're singing, obviously, because it's Hebrew. So for all I know, they're saying, right. murder all the faggots and women are terrible. <laughs> but it sounds lovely. Shma kill the faggots. Fagala, 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 foo. Fagala, fagala, foo. I'm like, it just, it's jaunty. I like it. It's jaunty. <laughs> okay. Now, I also think if you have one of these gay porn, like fun yeah. gay parties, I think half of those men would probably love to be a part of it. Oh, oh, I'm sure they'll be, it'll be like the wailing, it'll be like the wall where the <laughs> women have to climb up to watch their kids get bar mitzvahed. Like, and if you'll just see all these Orthodox Jewish men with a 1940s hat on, staring over our wall. <laughs> <laughs> I I went to Israel to perform and I went to the wall and I was very I it, it was a lot like emotionally sure. I was like what is happening there was like lit like 18 year old guys with machine guns and then all these right, girls, like, right. <laughs> like running around and then and like, people I mean it's people are really wailing it lives up oh, to it's, its insane. name people are yeah. yeah and there were whales yeah and then um <laughs> on one side <laughs> <laughs> just whales with the curls on the side of their baleens. And with then a just a sense and a yamuka just right on top, somewhere, <laughs> right over the blowhole. Right over the right, blowhole. So, the... <laughs> <laughs> so on one side was the men, of course, and one side right. was the women. I'm like, can I stand in between like <laughs> where I belong? <laughs> I went there, so I went there, you know, I went there on an Atlantis cruise years and years ago. We yeah. both performed on the Atlantis These gay cruises. These are gay male cruises for everyone yeah, that don't know. all gay amazing. male, big parties. They yeah. bring on entertainers like us, like all gay, all yeah. lesbian, all trans and everything. Mm -hmm. But so we were there and I was really just honestly there because I was like, when am I going to be in Israel again? I'm not, yeah. I was raised in the Catskills, but I'm not actually Jewish. <laughs> like, right. it's not, you know, it's just not. And I was very heavily interrogated in customs because I've been to, uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland mm -hmm. numerous times because I have friends and family and they consider Ireland a terrorist state. So wow. I, I would, yeah, they were like, because of their whole history. So they, right. I was just like, right, but that's got nothing to do with here. We don't care about the <laughs> homeland kids. Like they're Irish. It's Irish people. They literally just care about yeah. their own fucking island. That's um, right. But I didn't know what to do as we went location to location because I, I wasn't raised really with any religion whatsoever. Certainly not like 
orthodox or you know kind of like extreme (laughs) Judaism and I just remember being like I'm absolutely gonna get stopped by a man with a machine gun (laughs) or like yelled at by a rabbi because I'm standing in the wrong direction or my knees are slightly visible (laughs) or like you know I rolled my my eyes at a stone and that was the fucking stone that somebody touched yeah you were jerking off onto it (laughs) I was whacking on the wailing wall I was taking out the prayers and reading them and then being like no this one shouldn't be in a prayer I was snorting cocaine with the (laughs) (laughs) I rolled up prayers out of the wailing wall to do lines of cocaine (laughs) Uh, it went well it went well Well, I went, this is not a, I'm not saying it to be funny. And I was like, I'm going to really be spiritual about this. So I went up to the wall and I touched it and it would literally, I mean, I had to stand sideways because everyone is just (laughs) plowing into you to put their hand on the wall. And it's like, it gets like violent. Like it was very busy that day. I don't know what was going on. Maybe stuff was on sale. But anyway, so I put... (laughs) I put two for one prayers at the wailing wall. (laughs) So I'm standing there. You felt the fish. Two for one. (laughs) You felt the fish at the wall. Rugula with purchase at the wailing wall. (laughs) I love that it's called wailing wall. (laughs) So I should have just gone there and put my hands in it and started hysterically laughing. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so I. So I put my hand there and I was like, I started thinking, okay, I'm going to take this in and be spiritual. I swear to God, this little Asian woman walks, I don't know, she like, I think she went inside my body and then came out of it. I don't know how she got (laughs) close to it. But basically, I was giving her like a piggyback and she was so loud. She was like, like screaming on the top of her lungs. So I couldn't get spiritual with it. Like I, 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 first of all, I have sensory problems. I was just told I might be on the spectrum, but I'm not. (laughs) This is true, but I have a sensory issue because of traumas and different things. And she freaked me out. Like I ran away. I mean, it was, it was, terrifying but it, it's very serious there it's it's an incredible the, and thing. that yeah that was the thing you can't i mean you know us we're gonna find i i <laughs> i've been to the aids quilt to see my friends patches and we're cracking jokes we're you yeah. know catching <laughs> up with friends because it's also supposed to be a fucking celebration of life but like you go to any religious state like vatican city you know it's you know is you know israel bethlehem yeah jerusalem these places they are not amused when you're like wow you guys could really fix the place up a little bit you know right like i know it was 2000 (laughs) but like yeah there's a lot of stones missing you might (laughs) yeah i mean jesus didn't say you couldn't put a new roof on the place for christ's sakes i mean Come on, gussy it up. I, I, I spent $300 on a bus tour. You're showing me a <laughs> pile of rocks. I walked so much in is in Jerusalem. Oh. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care where everything started. I want to get the fuck to my hotel room and 
slam nachos into my mouth. That's all I want right I'm now. I'm like, did Jesus ever swing by the W Hotel Tel Aviv? Because that <laughs> is where I would like to go next. Maybe he walked across it before it was a hotel or something. <laughs> Because also in Israel, it's that thing of like, you go there and it's basically like, well, okay, so everything's important. Like you just everything. shouldn't touch anything. You yeah. Know, much like the Vatican. Like when you're in the Vatican, you just get that sense of like, like I shouldn't even, is that, I know that's a handicap accessible railing for the staircase, <laughs> but was it put in in 1642 by Leonardo da Vinci? Like... <laughs> It's very stressful because you're literally like at any moment I could destroy something and right, like you even see a mop scandal. and you're like, yeah, you see a mop and you're like, was that up on John Paul's asshole? Like <laughs> Pope, is that was that actually was that that was that used to be a witch stick and they burned the woman who owned that mop in the town square. Now you have traveled all over the world. Brad is, oh my God, he's so amazing. He's the cruise director on all of these trips I've been going on with thousands. Tell us, what is the biggest cruise you ever did? Um, yeah, I cruise direct for RSVP, which is there's the two companies, Atlantis and RSVP, and then I do my yeah. stand-up chat on Atlantis. The biggest cruise we ever do, um, we kind of now do pretty much at least once a year, which is the Royal Caribbean ships that are like um, the Oasis and the Anthem yeah. and the Harmony. And these are the Huge. biggest ships in the world. And they hold like right. 6,300 people, 6,500 people. I, yes. Insane. And then another like 2,000 crew or 3,000 crew. Yeah, so it's I've like, done it's them. A city. It's a city. It's a full functioning city. Um, and, but but when like we take it over... Director. Yeah, when yeah. we take it over, it's just gay. It's just a Bacchanalian, gross. Just... I know. It's so, I mean, the, the, so people have like signs on their doors where you could write stuff like meet me in cabin. Right. Like 10, 2, 3, 4 for a rim job at 7. Like it's oh, a lot. The, the best one I ever saw, and I swear to God, this is not made up. This is not just for a joke. No, you know I know. Me. I want to hear. I'm not that creative. I'm not that creative. I'm too lazy. I just literally steal other people's lives and say it on stage. <laughs> we were on a cruise, and this was early. I've been doing them 10 years. I've done, mm -hmm. I've been to over 90 countries with them, and I think I've done something like 70 cruises between the two com wow. companies. So I've seen all of the gayness that exists on Earth. I, we just, <laughs> like a plague, we have sissied up this planet. <laughs> and I was on the cruise ship and so people will bring marker boards to put on the front of their door, you know, because uh, this was especially like 10 years ago when the internet wasn't so good on ships, people couldn't text. So there was just a very polite sign in my hallway that said, uh, <laughs> tomorrow, uh, tonight, 7 p.m., orgy, <laughs> snacks provided. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I, and I show, you know, I travel with our, our friend, Greg, my friend, Greg mm -hmm. Keith, who's an amazing travel agent. Yeah. And he travels with me on all of them for fun. And he was like, so are you going to go? Cause I usually don't go to orgies after the age of 35. <laughs> and I said, but I want to go just to see what snacks are provided. <laughs> like, is it like canapes or is there like a full baked ziti? What's going on? 
So we go back at 7 p.m. with cocktails, just being like, we're going to do a quick walkthrough in our bathing suits, see what a train wreck it is, and then get out of Dodge. The sign has now been updated, and it says, orgy postponed to tomorrow, 9 p.m., BYO snacks. Now, everyone should know the snacks are free. They could have just gone to anywhere. I will also point out this is not the first time I have seen an invitation or been directly invited to an orgy that had snacks or a buffet. And I do not advise that. Regardless of your sexual orientation or age or fetish or what you're into, there is no need to have like a salad bar at an orgy. There's just, there's not enough sneeze guards. Just I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get some ass <laughs> and a raspberry vinaigrette toss salad. Yeah, There's no food, like not a sun chip, not even, you just don't want to hear <laughs> <Sun> crunching. <laughs> like, I you just, I do too, but not when you're about to like suck a dick or like make out with someone. <laughs> like, hold on, let me just get this crunchy film of cereal chip out of my mouth. And then we can. <laughs> Wait, Brad, tell us some other things that you've seen on the cruises. <laughs> God. Please, you've seen so much stuff. What about when uh, you got with Carrie Fisher? Oh, well, that kind of became, <laughs> that became a public and international scandal. I don't even know if George Lucas Films legally allows me to talk about it. I could, the helicopter could land shortly and I could be arrested. It was my very first time cruise directing for RSVP. So it was the I very was first on time it I too. Yeah. yeah. So it was literally my first day on like a new job. Like I wasn't just <laughs> doing stand up. I'm the daddy and I've got to get. So Carrie Fisher and I spent the whole day together at the beach. She was kind of okay at the beach. She was doing like nor. <laughs> but like I was also literally at the end of that cruise moving to LA. So she and I had a lot of talks about moving to LA and. I was moving at 35 and already had a career. She thought that was really smart. We talked about our mothers back and forth. Mm -hmm. She got up and adjusted her bathing suit directly in front of my face and half her vagina fell out. And I just had to, you have to roll with it because it's Carrie Fisher. Like you can't, (laughs) you can't suddenly be misogynistic and be like, put your (laughs) vagina away. Your old white beaver, put it away. Uh, so I'm just, you know, I'm doing the good, I'm yes-anding everything she right, does. I'm like, yes, and let's go further. Turns out her meds were off. So, <laughs> and uh, what I didn't know is she had been reaching out to her doctor back in LA, like from the uh, second day of the cruise, basically saying like, the voices are starting again. Oh no. And he was on vacation and like basically in the two or three days it was taking to get her doctor to try to authorize a prescription and then us be in a location where she could get them. Oh my It God. wasn't working anymore, but we didn't know. She didn't want to like let us down. So it was like that perfect storm of like the same part of her brain was trying right. to do the job. Like we can all, really, mm-hmm. we can both relate to that completely. But then the, 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 you know, the, the broken part of your brain, the damaged part of your brain is getting more and more control. Yeah. It ends with, she, as you well know, she was on stage. She, she was dog. supposed to do Yeah, she had her dog, dog. Gary. She had (laughs) Gary. And she was supposed to do a shortened version of her Broadway show, Wishful Drinking, which I had seen numerous times on Broadway. And the plan was she was going to do like highlights from it. And then for the last 15 minutes, 
once she got to one particular video clip, I was then going to walk out with a basket of questions that the audience had filled out questions. Mm -hmm. And we would do kind of like an NPR, New York Y Q&A thing at the end. And that way we could stay on time and I would control it. So literally five minutes into her show, she's off script. She's making word salad. The dog has shit and pissed in the middle of the stage. (laughs) And she has no idea what's going on. She's just so uh, he he no longer he it was there was a guy who at that point worked for the company as the president that was his last cruise he pushed me out on stage he said just go help her she trusts you go help her so I went on on stage and I have to tell you I have a BFA in theater I've been performing professionally since I was twelve years old. I was not prepared for that <laughs> night. At one point, she was singing yeah. like old Lang Syne while tap dancing barefoot in her dog's piss and shit. It turned into a John Waters movie. Oh and then she insisted I sing Bridge Over Troubled Water with her and she said, you start. And I started and she went, you're in the wrong key. So we ended up having to have two thirds of the I'm theater sure. laugh. I know, it's insane. Right. This is. If I wrote this in a script, people would say none of this ever happened. You're just right. Of course, it was crazy when it happened. Everyone was freaking out in the audience. I was in the audience. Yeah, and then so we ended up canceling her second show. We brought her back to her room. Her mother called at one point, and I was in the room, and she didn't want to talk to her mother. So then Mm -hmm. I was the negotiator between Debbie, goddamn. Reynolds and her daughter and when I picked up Debbie was like hello who's this and I was like hi this is Brad the cruise director Carrie asked me to answer the phone and you could hear Debbie hear the gay in my voice and know to just turn into Debbie Reynolds she was like oh Brad 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 oh I've heard so much about you darling it's so nice but like the initial voice was like who's this who's my fucking daughter it was the, I, and then Carrie's yelling, you tell her I don't want to talk to her. And I'm like, I am not oh yelling at Debbie Reynolds. I don't know who you think you are. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. All right, hold up. Could you take a little off, off the peas? You're hitting them too hard. The not action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. Hold on, now you're whispering Patreon. Is there a reason oh. you're whispering? Well, you said to take the put Somewhere like, in the middle. Okay, okay. You ready? Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. Now you got to pause. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members, is that okay? Patre- <laughs> it was perfect. Why did you stop? Oh, okay. Patreon members. Cut. Let's go back to the beginning. Thank you and so- And action. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about... All right, let's take it back to the beginning. That was perfect. Do it exactly like that. I just did it well, though, but why are you starting over? Thank you so much to all of my patron... Cut. Why are you screaming? Because I'm just trying to get through this. Action. Thank you so much to all of my... Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast. Perfect. Keep going. There's so many P's. Keep going. Keep going. Ad-free episodes. You could cut this out, right? For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about being relatively sane. Hold up. Did we agree on monthly live streams? Yes, you told me I should do them because it'll get more members. I don't know how to do a monthly live stream. Don't you just talk in your phone? Uh, we'll figure it out. 
Come on, let's get through this. We have to go. We should okay. speed this up. All right. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting this podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams. We don't know what that is, but whatever, where we talk about being relatively sane. If you want to join our fantastic community that is so corny, go to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon. I think you said patriot.com. Go to petroleum.com, I mean, patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Thanks again. And cut. That's a wrap. Ugh. So, yeah, that was, and that was literally my was first missing. time ever cruise directing. <laughs> but remember when she was missing? I just saw people running. Oh, yeah, running she was down. like... She was 20 minutes late to the beginning of the show, so I was vamping on stage, which should have been our sign to maybe not do the show, was that right. they were searching for her in the hallways and couldn't find her. And then she just walked on stage through the audience and hugged me. And I, I say this in my book when I wrote my book a couple of years ago. I didn't realize it at the time, but I have I have people in my life, friends and family, who are also um, bipolar, manic, depressive, and also yeah, me too. So, but I wasn't even connecting the dots then. You know, you're yeah. just in the moment, and you're on stage, and someone walks on stage, and they're late. And she grabbed me and hugged me and whispered in my ear, I'm so glad to see you. I feel safe with you. Which I thought was, I'm like, oh, that's sweet. But I'm like, that's an odd thing to say when you're 20 minutes late for your show. You don't have your (laughs) microphone on. And you just walked in through the audience with your dog behind you. (laughs) And climbed on the stage. In retrospect, I realized that was a cry for help. And it took me another 40 minutes to realize it. And so many celebrities have done these cruises. I mean, let's tell people, like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Patti LuPone, Deborah Cox, uh, uh, God, uh, Billy Porter, Wanda Sykes, Jennifer Holliday, um, Andy Bell from Erasure. I mean, every gay and lesbian comedian that's ever existed. You know what I mean? Joy Behar. Joy Behar. Joy Behar, Sandra Uh, Bernhardt, everyone. You know, Judy Gold, you may, Alec Moppa, you know. uh, I mean, literally, they've been going on Atlantis is in, I think, its 30th year. And RSVP is in its 30th Who do you think is the best performer, not comedian, but like, singer or entertainer that you've seen like because you're such a fan of all that who do you this is this is not just because she has become a personal friend of mine and i have hilarious stories about her too but shoshana bean she's incredible she is so much she's i've literally said i mean i've said this to her so to her face and i text it to her regularly she i think she's an actual demon because I have literally, I've been backstage with her. She's forgotten to warm up. As she goes on stage, she does two concerts back to back, 900 octave range, can sing any song, do anything with it and never breaks a sweat. I've literally been with her after the second show where I'm, she's like, oh, I feel like I'm sweaty. And I'm like, you're not, I'm sweatier than you are. And all I did was sit in the audience. Um, I love her. I've become yeah. I've become good friends with her too, and I've downloaded so much of her music. And she she was starred on Wicked. I mean, she starred in so many shows. Yeah, Hairspray, Wicked, Waitress. Um, But her she really is one of those rare people who obviously started in theater, where you're interpreting other people's works. She is an amazing singer songwriter. Like her songwriting is. is just epic. 
I mean, it is. I, I, I mean, honestly, other than everyone absolutely should go buy my goddamn comedy special. Uh, literally go. I mean, and her, <laughs> I listened to her so much during pandemic. She is so much great, kind of soulful, heartfelt, powerful songs that she's written herself that have really gotten me through the pandemic. That and That's eating a, lot, a full Thanksgiving yeah. dinner every week. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait. So who was like? Was anyone rude to you? We can swap stories. Is there anyone <laughs> that really disappointed? <laughs> was there anyone that really disappointed you? Um, actually, I have to think. I don't know. Um, I mean, not necessarily on Atlantis, but who you've met through the years. I'm oh, sure. Uh, Judah Freelander was an really? absolute dick to me. The one and only <gasps> time we met and I was hosting a show. Remember, you remember comics? The the like, Yes, of course. The club in New York, yeah. which was a lovely yeah. club that treated comedians very well, which is why they immediately closed. <laughs> like, <laughs> They'd give you a full three-course dinner. They'd actually pay everyone on the show. There was a lovely yeah. green room. They gave you drinks yeah. afterwards. And so, of course, I'm like, you're bankrupt was, in two years. Yeah, it was incredible, that place. Yeah, it really was. You were so... And I was emceeing the show, and he was the headliner, you know, and he came in, and he just, like, started snapping at me in the dressing room from the minute he got there, and we'd never met. To the point where I really? literally went, okay, I'm going to go stand by the edge of the stage now because I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I literally um, was like, I know your credits and I know how to say your name. Have a good set. Bye. Um, he was yeah, just Yeah, it's real... so horrible when a comic does that to another comic. Like, yeah. Chris Titus, people have said, is a nice guy. But I was at Gotham and I, I opened for him and I had a really good set. And he went up and made fun of my whole act and made fun of me. Really? Yeah, oh. it was disgusting. It really oh. was. And that's just gross because it literally violates, like, especially when it's making fun of. Like, yeah. if yeah. I'm following you or any other comic I know well, you, Julie Goldman, Judy Gold, you know what I mean? Any of our mm -hmm. friends, Gloria Bigelow, Pedro, I may very well spend my first five minutes piggybacking on ideas of you have. Of course, like ripping yeah. On. But not literally being like, what did that fat Jewish dyke say yeah, about, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. kind of stuff is just, it's... I mean, there's a code of ethics even amongst comics. Like, I'm always it's not shocked when. Anymore, though. Have you been on Twitter? I mean, people are really attacking people now. I don't know yeah, what is going yeah. on. Yeah, no, it's really, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, to some extent, it makes me happy. I kind of came up through such an alternative world to begin with. Like, I'm yeah. not passed at any clubs. I don't spend that much time. You know what I mean? When I'm in LA, I'm usually focused and on you're TV so stuff. So funny, Brad. But You're so it's so one of those things where like, I've never in my career spent five nights a week at any mm -hmm. of the comedy clubs in New York or LA. I was always playing all rooms. I was always playing yes. gay bars, coffee shops, black box theaters, cabaret spaces. It just mm -hmm. happened at the time I was coming up, there was a real kind of renaissance of that going on. And there was a mm -hmm. real kind of commercial dearth of comedy club clubs in New York. And they what? just didn't want gay dudes. They just didn't oh, want gay dudes. Uh, not at all. They didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it just, so it's sad. different now. And LA is certainly much more supportive of that. Also, especially now. Um, mm -hmm. But still, it's also like, I'm never in town long enough to do it. But so I never see that side of stand-up comedy. Like, yeah. I, I don't ever see the like, 
it's so rare that I actually have an encounter with like, oh, you're stealing my material, taking notes while I'm on stage. Right. Because once you have a career, you're usually performing either with a couple other professional comedians, maybe on the road, an opener, a middle, you know, and you mm -hmm. or you're doing a one hour yourself. So, you know what I mean? There's no fear yeah. of this kind of like I, gross, competitive. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, I am, was on the road a lot before yeah. this whole oh, thing you, happened. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you were going away for weeks at a time, months at a time. When yeah. do you think, I mean, is there any kind of information about when you're going to do like a resort again or anything? Um, Atlantis is doing, we're doing a resort at the end of November, beginning of December. Oh, good. Because the resorts, because they're a smaller number of people, you're obviously in one location. It's all outdoors. You're right. not in kind of confined spaces. Uh, it was a, it was an event already on our books, but frankly, mm -hmm. I think, and I hope it's picking up steam just because people are feeling antsy. People want to get away. It's, I think, November 28th to December 5th. It's in uh, the brand new, um, uh, really high-end uh, resort in the Dominican Republic called Meech's, Club Med Meech's. Oh, wow. It's all brand new. It's like this gorgeous five-star, like, eco-friendly paradise retreat. And we will wow. be the first people to ever use it. It was supposed oh, wow. to open in, like, the spring. And yeah. then obviously because of quarantine, they've never, so I think we're actually the first people to ever touch and we're just going to cover it with DNA and glitter. I know. Just. It's going to be filled with semen. Oh, more than I, a crime scene. It's going to be worse oh than a crime God. scene. Oh, God. I mean, it's but, um, but yeah, that'll be our first. Cruises, of course, are a whole different world. That's yeah. about when the cruise industry comes back. But, you know, I have a lot of friends who work for the cruise industry now after mm -hmm. all these years. You become friends yeah. with captains and cruise directors and stuff. Um, and if any industry has the money to do it, I can tell you, like, the cruise industry is $126 billion a year for America, cruise industry. industry. And um, they have the money and they're spending the money. So cruising will be very different. Mm -hmm. They're probably getting rid of, like, a lot of cruise lines are talking about getting rid of buffets. Oh, yeah. And helping room service, like, room service will be a much bigger thing. And socially distanced restaurants and outdoor dining areas and stuff. Um, but they'll come back. I mean, they'll be back next year. When next year, whether that's January 1st or 31st, you know, February, mm -hmm. March. But I don't think it's going to be August or December of next year. I think by at least at the latest spring of next year, we should be seeing cruises again. Yeah, they're, they're saying the earliest that Broadway is going to come back is, is next May. I saw that, that new decision. But again, old buildings, very enclosed spaces, mm -hmm. lots yeah. of intense physical contact, um, you know, and, no, but, and nobody wants to be a super spreader event. That's the other thing is mm -hmm. it's not just about, you know, the liability, you know, people in the arts actually are concerned about the audience, you know. I know. Like, let's say, you know, Sturgis Biker Week. We actually would prefer it if 10% of the people, I mean, there are 10% of the people in every audience I would like to kill. Myself. Yeah, me too. But yeah. I don't want them to die two weeks later when I'm not there to enjoy it. If you're going to die, die in That's my so show true. so I can stare you in the eye. <laughs> Have you ever had someone die in your show? I did in Florida. Not in my, not in my stand-up <laughs> act, but when I was in my early 20s doing theater, I was performing in, uh, in a performance of Oklahoma on Jekyll oh. Island in South Georgia. 
and uh, it was an outdoor amphitheater, like the size of the Hollywood Bowl, like, you know, outdoors, mm -hmm. but really wow. high end, like Broadway quality. It was impressive, but it was also Georgia in August. So even when at 8 p.m., it would be 99 degrees outside with 120% <laughs> humidity. And literally an older man sitting in the middle, like dead center of yeah. the audience, just right under slumped the light. over onto his wife's shoulder and she kept nudging him up like he was falling asleep and then he just fell forward. We never stopped and the EMTs came in, <laughs> carried him out over people, strapped oh, him to a board my. and carried him out while people were watching. And we're still like, oh, the farmer and the cowman should be friends. Oh, the farmer and the cowman should be friends. And literally I'm like, they're like, clear. <laughs> One knows how to push to plow, the other knows how to milk a cow, clear. <laughs> You want to hear what happened to me? I was at Century Village in Florida. Oh, no. Swear to God. <clears throat> and I was performing. And uh, you know what? If you guys are getting sensitive about it, fuck off. Because the, you, we, this if is If you're like, sensitive, you I will also say I've had nine friends die of COVID this year. And yesterday I found yeah. out my 17th friend period has died. So if I can joke oh, about death, so if you don't sorry. want to, that's fine. But I we're know. comedians. And yeah. we would rather joke about death than let it get the best of us. Yeah, so there. exactly. So there's the disclaimer. So, and I didn't even know this person. I mean, I'm, I, first of all, right. he was 146. So who, I mean, <laughs> so I'm on stage bombing, like horrible, bombing, just eating my anus, like just thinking in my head, what were you thinking? You could have gone right. into your father's you business. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm on stage and it's already going horrible. And uh, and then I hear like, Wah! like I hear that Jewish, you know, right. screaming from an old person in the back. And I'm like, is everything OK? <laughs> like, I just feel like just it's so vulnerable up there, too, when people aren't laughing right. at you and they're right. just right. staring. And she's like, he won't wake up. And, and this oh, man. No. <laughs> And I'm like, who won't wake up? Like, I was so confused. I'm like, did someone take a nap? And they, it's time for him to get up and take medication. I didn't know what was going on. And she's like, Herman, wake up. I mean, it was really oh, no. horrible. But no. <laughs> but then I, I looked out. Like, I put my hand over my head and looked out. And, and he literally, like, his, his arm was like, he, like, it's, I right. felt like if he walked, his arm would fall off. And then his right, eyeball would right, pop out. Like, right, he was, right. you know, he was very old and uh but it was so and then they made me stay up there they're like just stay you have to stretch I'm like, oh stretch. no god that was like with carrie fisher stretch. i'm like why are we continuing this oh it's hard and the funny thing is once you like once it happens once especially like if it happened earlier in your career like with both of us once it happens once you now know like if it were to happen now you would be like i'm right. not staying on stage Keep the no, check. We can fight about it. Like, bring up the <laughs> lights, get this man a coffin, and let's flip this into a memorial service so that these people, they're all already ready. Like, oh, you know. They're ready. They're ready with their Tupperware. But literally, I mean, we kept doing a production of Oklahoma, and I'm like, you're trying to pass a man's body who's in cardiac that arrest over the heads of other ticket buyers. 
It's Oklahoma in Georgia. Like, this isn't even Patti Lapone in the final performance of Gypsy on Broadway. Like, we can take a fiver and people can get up in the road to let this man die in peace. Can you imagine? I don't even know if he did die, but if he went to heaven or hell with the last thing in his ears being, oh, the farmer and the cowman should be friends, I'd be like, you sh- I want to fucking go to hell. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when you hear stuff like that, you wish you were dead. So I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to die every night during that show. He <laughs> oh, at least horrible. got the sweet release of death. When we had it, would you have to do matinees? I had to do matinees. I did Off-Broadway in New York, and they'd bus in old people from Jersey and Long Island. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. We So we only did one matinee, because obviously since it was outdoor theater in Georgia, it would be 120 in August during the day. So there was one day where we did a special matinee because they were bringing in students. And uh-huh. this is where, if anyone wants to get offended, because I'm going to have to do a voice at some point, but it's an accurate voice. And they were the sweetest kids ever, but it turned out they came from a special school for handicapable kids. So a lot of them uh-huh. were on the autism handicapable. spectrum. Handicapable. Okay. Handicapable. Because handy, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and a lot of them had Down syndrome. A lot of them were, yeah. were rather severe on the autistic spectrum and wonderful kids. Yeah. And so um, I, I was playing Dream Curly. So <laughs> that means I have to play, there's a guy who plays Curly the whole show. And then there's a like 15 minute long Dream Ballet. And in the Dream Ballet, it ends with Dream Curly being murdered. <laughs> which is foreshadowing for later in the show. And right. the staging was always that when the guy would choke me to death, I would die and as I would fall to the ground, my face would turn to the audience and I right. would just leave my eyes open because the choreography allowed it that they then came and surrounded me. So it was very dramatic for an adult yeah. audience. We didn't even think to adjust that. Nobody even thought, like, it was so poorly planned, the directors, the choreographers, like, nobody gave a shot. So I die on the ground and face the audience, and I hear, like, 30 handicapable teenagers go, Curly, no! And And I literally don't know whether I'm about to cry or laugh. So I just turned my head the other direction. And then after the show, one of the teachers came backstage and said, um, we need to ask you to put your costume back on and you have to come out now because there are kids still crying. And I'm like, right, someone should have thought about that before you brought them to this musical that involves a rape and a murder. Oh (laughs) my God, I can't. Take it. Like, so I, but I put on the costume and then I ran out and they all bum rushed me and hugged me. Like I was there. It was the sweetest thing ever. But it it was again, one of those moments where it's like, why are we just like, you thought it would be so nice for publicity to bring in all the handicapped kids to see us, not thinking about the fact there's a murder and a rape in the middle of the show. Yeah, I mean, that's happened to me where a club hasn't told me and there'd be a group of handicapped people and I'm like... Right. Someone, I I mean, it it didn't faze me. It just jars you a little when you look out and I'm like, someone should tell you. Like, just... Also, some comics are so disgusting, they'll make, you know, who knows what they'll say. Right. Well, but I mean, like, I've been in an audience with someone who has Tourette's, but I was informed about it ahead of time. There would be no way for a comic to just assume someone yelling, like, horrible words in the middle of the show has 
Tourette's. You would assume right. they're a heckler. If I'm suddenly on stage and I hear cocksucker motherfucker, I'd be like, okay, let's have a heckler moment. Little do I know this person has a legitimate disorder. It's like a 60-year-old woman with like a handbag and taupe shoes. <laughs> yeah. I, it's an I know. I want to talk... Yeah, I want to talk about your special because this is so yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, first of all, I just want to tell you I love you so much. I love you too. You, you've been such a good friend to me. I've told the story before, but I worked on one of the cruise ships with Brad, and I had to have emergency surgery in Alaska, and he, he took me off the ship and went in the ambulance with me and came to the emergency room. I, I had, to, um, had to have my gallbladder taken out, and it was very scary, and a lot of people wouldn't have done what you did. He packed up my stuff. He came to see me, you know, in the ship, in the hospital. I mean, it was it was unreal what you did, and I'll never forget oh, it. Well, that, that's yeah. sweet to I say. Mean, of course, I, and, but I, you, I, nothing I did is not something you would have done for me. You know no, what I mean? I everything done, I everything, did for you, you would have done yeah. in a heartbeat. I if I could have stayed I, with you through surgery, I would have. I but know, the ship had to it was leave. hard. So, what she's leaving out is the show business harshness of uh, I walked yeah. her right in, right into surgery. And then it was like, ship's got to go. See you later. Live or die in Sitka, bitch. And we just left no, her in you Sitka, sat Alaska. And I, and I cried to you hard and I don't I do know. that, but I, I felt very comfortable. And then you got you, me so. in trouble with the surgeon. You got me in trouble with the surgeon because just very quickly, she, uh, Jessica was wearing her Star of David around her neck and he, we were in Alaska so of course he had like a full wooden cross around his neck because you know Jesus probably trained brought him to He surgery. was holding a ham and, yeah. he, <laughs> and a hammer and nails just in case the surgery didn't go well and mm -hmm. he said to and he said to her I see you have the Jewish star do you mind if we pray before the surgery since you're a religious oh, I, person oh my god I and you went of it. course of course doctor and then he took all of our hands and he went let's close our eyes and he closed his eyes and you looked directly at me and started mouthing aggressively get me out of here this fucking man's gonna kill me they're gonna kill the Jew, Brad. And I start <laughs> laughing and he opens his eyes and you immediately go, I am so sorry. He is a gay atheist and he, Brad, you should take this more seriously. I could die and this man's trying to save me. And he like gave me a dressing down and then he closed his eyes again and you looked right back at me and you'd be like, I'm not kidding, get me out of here. <laughs> I just appreciate and love you so much. And I, you're so talented. You're just, honestly, I mean, anyone who's listening to this, you get how funny Brad is. They, they can hear it. I don't even have to keep saying stuff. You're just brilliantly, naturally funny. You don't even need to try. And you just had a special come out called Brash Boys Club. On It's on Amazon Prime, Apple TV. It's all over your social media. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, so yeah, exciting. Yeah, yes. it's really great. Oh yeah, it's really great too because it's me and two other LGBTQ comedians and we're all very different. And the mm -hmm. goal of Comedy Dynamics and um, the director and producer, Quentin Lee, who's also a gay man, was to honestly, he his theory was like, he goes, I have yet to see like a feature length comedy special that features multiple gay comedians of yeah. different, different letters of the LGBTQ alphabet mm -hmm. and with different voices and stories. It's usually all the same voice. It's either all, mm -hmm. you know, yes. you never, and that's true of everything. When you see a women's group of comedy special, it's either loud, aggressive, funny, brash yes. women, or it's kind of quiet, introspective, nerdy mm -hmm. women. It's never the idea that we can all occupy the same space together, yes. you know, and that an audience can actually process three different kinds of people. 
at the mm-hmm. same time. So we were really excited to do it. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and there's just oh. not a lot of comedy specials out there of, of LGBTQ uh, people, period. But especially- Yeah, you guys um, should check it out. You really, tell tell them what your socials are so they can keep in touch with you. Oh, I know sure. So to follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, Instagram and Twitter, I'm Brad Lokely. It's L-O-E-K-L-E. And on Facebook, I'm comedian Brad Lokely. Uh, but because thanks to the algorithms of Google, it's if you have trouble spelling my last name, if you literally type in Brad Gay co- Comedian into Google, yeah. I will immediately come up because that's how gay I am. They're like, there's just the one. There's just that one really super faggy guy named Brad. <laughs> I love that. In that the whole up. world. In the whole world. Yes. You guys have to check it out. It's it's so, I love that you did this. Brash Boys Club, it's special on Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Go to Brad's, go, go on Brad's social media anyway and follow him and click the link and check out the special and keep watching him because you're just brilliant and you're oh, a star you. and I love you. Thank I can't wait to see you, you in 2039. I, I really can't. <laughs> when I'm 72 pounds heavier and I just roll <laughs> into New York City. Yeah, we're not going to fit into a restaurant together. But I don't fit into my caftans anymore. I had to buy bigger <laughs> caftans and they don't have sides to them, Jessica. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. My age now matches my weight. I'm as round as I am old. I found out yesterday. <laughs> they don't I have shoved the du- to them. I shoved the black and decker up my ass trying to see if I could get rid of some of the fat. <laughs> oh my god, my wife is like, "Where's the vacuum?" I'm like, <laughs> Well, I love you so much, Brad. Thank you you again. And we'll talk very soon. You're brilliant. 